0: everybody! Welcome to Two Non-Doctors. I'm Liz Mealy. I'm Maria Shahada. We are stand-up comedians. Stand-up comedians that are currently jobless because of the coronavirus. We're
1: finally going to be the doctors our mothers wanted us to be.
0: Is there anything that we don't know? A
1: lot, actually. We have a lot of questions. Uh, we have a lot of answers. All of them wrong. But we do have access to... Google! And a vet! Oh yeah, my mom's a vet! She knows some stuff. We have to do this. So again. every once in a while, we're gonna invite her on.
0: No, we don't. We're gonna actually use this. <laughs> welcome, to two non-doctors. Hey, welcome to two non-doctors. I'm Liz Mealy. I'm Maria Shahada. It's just nice that it's raining where I am and where you are. Yeah. Um. It was Doesn't like thunderstorm. Like we're. Oh, not, we're not that dramatic.
1: I know. I like. I don't. Um. We don't get thunderstorms very much here, so it's all very exciting. My my had just left to go on a walk. And it just like just poured
0: down
1: oh. i know i mean it's not funny i guess but it was and, <laughs>
0: and she came back like, like it's actually minutes. kind of like some kind of tragic comic strip yeah <laughs> where, <laughs> where she's like i'm gonna get some sunlight and do something good for my body and the earth is like not not on my watch that's exactly what johnny said he was <laughs> like the earth was like not today, cunt. <laughs> um yeah there's something so I can't tell you how many times I've had that thought where I'm like oh I'm gonna get stuff done I'm gonna go out I'm gonna get like and then it rains and I'm like why on my productive energy day do you make it so hard like (laughs) never do I pop out of bed like I'm gonna get all this stuff done and I'm gonna be out in the real world so upsetting yeah I know I know um
1: did I tell you how like I got off the bus the other day and this woman, this African woman, she must've been like 50. I don't know how old she was, but like I turned around. I don't even know why I turned around. She wasn't like trying to tap me on the shoulder or anything, but I turned around and she was right there and I took off my headphones and she was like, you have a this one and uh, pointed at her hip. And I was like, what? <laughs> and she was like, you have a this one. And so I thought my phone was falling out of my pocket. So I was like, oh, my phone wasn't falling out of my pocket and she goes no you have a this one and I was like oh I have a big ass <laughs>
0: <laughs> how old was this woman that she felt compelled to let you know about the ass you clearly know you have I
1: I, I she was like I don't know she's like older than me but like not super old so I want to say like 50 or something and like thank you <laughs> I appreciate it but like my like I grew up in Ohio in the 90s where the beauty standard was Kate Moss and I'm still not over it (laughs) you know what I
0: mean (laughs) you can't rewrite that like it is funny how much it's all changed where like the fact that our eyebrows and having eyebrows is in where before it was like plucked to it. it was like One hair, or the fact that like having curves are in, or whatever, big lips, like all this stuff that was like just genetically who we are. All of a sudden, people are getting surgery to get, and you're like, "Hey, man, I still hate myself." Like you did the damage. Yeah, (laughs) that damage
1: shaped it's shaped early and it's strong. And like I don't care like how much the Kardashians and the Kardashians have been in for so long that I'm almost afraid they're gonna like. Try to go back to a stick thin which it almost seems like it, it can't happen now but um yeah but, but well, like I d- that, d- that didn't that was beyond the damage was done by then and i was told that like kate moss was hot and that i was not like i i remember i was i was telling johnny that i was like i didn't really see myself in that way except when i accidentally saw like the cover of a mexican porno in a shop like a porno magazine <laughs> And he's like,
0: what are you, a Ginsburg poem? (laughs) It's so funny because there's so many like tweets and and, and, and Instagram posts about like representation matters. And they're usually talking about children where like you look at Encanto and there's like a little boy and he has curly hair and he's brown or, you know what I mean? Or like there's more and more like Disney princesses that aren't just like these, you know, white stick, you know, Less Elsa's, more whoever the girl in Encanto is. So, you know, development. And so they show like all these kids being excited that they look like, and, and it's all like represent, like there was like a little tweet where um, uh, a boy, a black boy was wearing a Spider Man t shirt. And the woman goes, and he went into a bookstore and he goes, and this woman goes, Oh, um, who's your favorite Spider Man? And he says, You know, Peter Parker. And she goes, What about Miles? And he's like, Who's Miles? she's like, oh, there's a whole Spider-Man where it's Miles and it's this, and they actually made a cartoon out of it. It's amazing, or an animation out of it, but he's he's black or I think he's Dominican. So so he shows it to the kid and the kid freaks out. He like runs to his mom. He's just like, mom, Spider-Man looks like me. And it's a whole like representation matters. And you're like, yeah, that's beautiful but it matters as an adult. And we like, don't talk about it. Like we don't talk about the fact that like, it feels nice now. And I see it more and more that like women with curves are actually like modeling the dress that you might buy on, you know, whatever website where there's actually just, they're not super tall. They're stocky. They have curves. They're bigger, but it is like more and more. I'm like, Oh, I actually know what that dress is going to look like on me.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There was a picture of Lena Dunham, like, years ago. Uh, I don't know if she was at the Grammys or where she was, but she was being all short, stocky Lena Dunham next to tall, thin-ass Taylor Swift and two other supermodels. And so it's like three yeah, yeah, big, yeah. like, tall, beautiful women. And then Lena Dunham, just looking up at them. Like, <laughs> like, like, like they were all friends, but she, lo- she really looked like somebody's little sister. Like, can I hang out too? And I just never yeah, felt yeah. so connected to a picture. <laughs>
0: Like, yeah, 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 yeah. can I-, I borrow your purse can i borrow your purse guys guys <laughs> guys <laughs> 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 well um congratulations on um this woman discovering your ass i think I that's mean, um
1: it, it really kind of fucks me up because like every time i walk past a guy like for my whole life i guess not my whole life i guess there's points where i was a child that maybe not but like i'm always like oh god please don't be looking at my ass much of the time especially in new york they would comment (laughs) um and then you kind of get you but i guess that's why i like being in england because it's like they don't do it as much it still happens here but it's just not as prominent as in new york but then just to have a lady just like (laughs) like a woman doing that and she totally meant it as a compliment like like her beauty standards are completely different to what i grew up with and But I was like, she's almost
0: like giving you the thumbs up. She's like, way to do it.
1: I don't know what your, I don't know what your dietary (laughs) like meal plan is, but it's working. And I'm like, no, I've been doing yoga for fucking months. (laughs) This was really disheartening to be
0: honest. (laughs) I thought I was in the right direction. And then you were just like, no, it looks like you've been doing squats every day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like I lost some weight on my face, but my ass is staying put. It's just not, there's nothing happening.
0: Well, she was trying to say that it's lovely and Mm -hmm. that maybe we need to work on how we feel about ourselves because of Kate Moss. I think that's really what's, I really think this is like a sign from the universe that's about acceptance. I guess so. But it's also
1: like, don't, don't comment on my ass.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's true too. It doesn't matter if it's from a man or a woman. How about we, how about we keep these thoughts to ourselves?
1: Yeah. Like if she had been like nice hair, I'd have been like, hell
0: yeah. Thank you. I work really hard on this hair. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's 17 hair products and this cost me a $90 to do. <laughs>
1: yeah. And so it wasn't like she was commenting on my ass to be like, nice ass. Like I'd hit that. Like she was like commenting on my ass to, to be like nice hair, you know, like, <laughs> like just yeah. the same level of, I just admire what you got going on there? <laughs> no sexual yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever. Um, yeah. But it was just, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. I have to undo all the, all the shit. I because, got- you
0: know, what's really funny is she's probably very accepting of her body. So she was like, yeah, yeah. because yeah. I've noticed as I, I know my hair straight in this episode, but as I've learned to love my curls and not fight them as much, I am more excited when I see other curly haired people and I love like their hair. Like um, this woman, um did my makeup for my special and she had the best curls. So she's literally like putting on eyeliner. I was like, your hair looks perfect. She's like, thank you, Liz. I was like, no, what do you use? (laughs) Like, like almost being like annoying or whatever. And it's because like, now that I love my curls, I'm more excited to like learn about other people's curls. I notice when like people have great, like, you know, it's almost the first thing I said to you every time I see you, I'm like, "Your curls look perfect today.
1: I know. I know I'm getting rid of them next week, actually.
0: What do you mean getting rid of them?
1: I'm gonna, I think I'm going to do a keratin treatment. Cause I'm, I'm tired of my good hair days. Haven't been as prominent as they used to be. And I'm tired of like worrying about it. I don't, I have to, I don't have time. I want to do other things. I want to think about other things other than my hair.
0: So you're straightening it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I'm getting liposuction. Let's move on.
0: <laughs> what? No, I'm kidding. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Okay. Um, announcements <laughs>
1: yeah i feel like i broke your heart <laughs> i
0: was like what my
1: baby <laughs>
0: <laughs> um um uh announcements ready <laughs> yeah uh thank you to all thank you to all our patreons. uh everybody that uh, contributes everybody that supports us we are very grateful uh if you don't know uh, you can get early access to episodes. You can get weekly bonus episodes. You can get monthly bonus episodes. Uh, you can get stickers. You can control our Googles. You can be a Google guest. There's all these beautiful benefits uh, to being a Patreon. And you can do that at patreon.com slash 2 non-doctors. That's the number two in the full word, Doctors.
1: Yeah. And you can follow us on the socials. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at 2 non-doctors. And on Instagram at Tuneon non-DRS. And uh <laughs> I just, it just sounded like under duress. Um, mm-hmm. and you can, uh, what else? Oh yeah. If you're having time and you're feeling kind, please leave us a rate and review on Apple podcasts and on Spotify. I think you can leave us a rating on Spotify because it helps us out. helps us get seen. We love it. We share it with our friends and social media and stuff. Um, and thank you to everyone who's left review so far. Um, also you can review my album too on Apple, which yeah, it's a, yeah, a great told idea. Me, huh?
0: that's a great idea that that stuff kind of helps.
1: Yeah. A few people have told me they reviewed it, but I haven't been able to see it because I think I'm in the UK. So, uh, a Liz, I'm going to have to ask you to read some to me and, uh, B, but yeah, do. If, if you can review my album, if you can buy my album on Bandcamp, uh, the best way to support me is to buy it on Bandcamp. but, um, you can also stream it on iTunes and, um, you know, if you love it, share it, uh, rate it, review it, but, but, but yeah, just listen to it. Thanks.
0: It's so good. Um, I just recorded, uh, my new special, uh, uh, this sun, last Sunday, uh, a week ago. Um, so hopefully that will be somewhere at some point in sometime in the future. I love that announcement. Great, great announcement, Liz. Um, I'm hoping <laughs> it'll come out sometime in June. <laughs> um, but until then I am touring, I'm in Pittsfield, Massachusetts, uh, this weekend, then I'll be in Boston the next weekend. And then I have a bunch of stuff. I think I'm in uh, a bunch of cities in Michigan. Oh, I'm going to be in Vegas. That's what I wanted to say. I'm going to be in Vegas. I know. I'm so excited um, because my friend John uh, moved back to Vegas. And we've been trying to figure out how to hang out. It's actually kind of funny. So John is my little sister's best friend. And, um, she has to go to Vegas for work and she texted him to be like, Hey, I'm coming to Vegas. And then the same day I got booked for Vegas. And I was like, John, I'm coming to Vegas. So he had two different mealies being like, I'm going to hang out with you. Oh, that's Um, so
1: cool.
0: And he's lived with two mealies. He's actually lived with three out of five mealies. John is a very special man. Um,
1: (laughs) very patient, man. but
0: anyway, he's wonderful. I love John. Okay. So May 19th, I'll be in Vegas. Then I'll be in Sunnyvale, California. And then I added a couple of other stuff. I don't know if I told people DC improv in July, San Francisco in August. And then I just booked Greenwood village, uh, uh, Colorado. I think it's like right outside of Denver and Keystone, Colorado. And those are both in September. So um, everything's on my website, but I'm, I'm adding dates, but I'm pretty excited about Vegas and DC and San Francisco fan mail.
1: The fan mail we have today is from Phil. Uh, and Phil says, thanks for another episode full of lulls talking back to the screen and nodding along in agreement. I love that. I love like talking and nodding and not yelling.
0: Hey, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. what are these girls saying? <laughs> You're so wrong. Ah! <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> it was interesting hearing how two people who are often in the spotlight on a stage still experience the same social anxieties as quote, regular humans. I have lots of public speaking experience, but I still consider myself to be shy. I can hold my own in a crowded elevator, but if given the chance, I'll wait for the next car. When dealing with any social anxiety, do you feel that, I'm sorry, when dealing with any social anxiety, do you feel your skills in conquering any stage fright carry over to be useful in your personal lives or vice versa? I'd love watching you two interact with a live stream audience, but it's nice just being allowed to sit on, in on a good conversation between two friends every show. Love your format and authenticity, Phil. That's nice.
0: That's so nice, Phil. We should do. Um, yeah, it's it's funny. I think during the pandemic was its heyday, and I don't know if people are still. We'll talk out about there. it later. I don't, I disagree. Yeah. We'll talk about it later. Um, but yeah, <laughs> we'll have this fight later, young lady. Um, I I personally feel like. My confidence in social settings, at parties, meeting new people, it took a while and it took some reframing. But I do think everything I've learned in talking to, doing stage um, crowd work and it just performing in general has made me stronger and maybe not, not less fearful, but more likely to talk myself out of being fearful. When I am a, in a social setting, would you say the same is for you?
1: I don't know if I know how to talk myself out of anything. I think you, you're eight years of therapy or however long it's like really like you, <laughs> you've built those tools and skills.
0: Um, I,
1: and then I call you and you just do it for me.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. I've given you a lot of free therapy and you're yeah, welcome,
1: You have, but I don't take it on board. I just kind of go, all right, next time I need you as a crutch, I'll call you.
0: Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. I we're at a party I'm- together. I'm just FaceTiming this right here. <laughs> It's my friend Maria.
1: <laughs> uh, I do think I'm more confident in social settings, but it, I guess it depends on, um, I get to, it just depends on what the situation is. Like, again, I still can't go around the room and say a thing about myself that terrifies me. Yeah, I
0: still can't do that. It's really <laughs> hard. Yeah. I've but, never done a good, like, tell, like, say something about yourself. I'm always like, I have a cat. Is that the right answer? Like,
1: <laughs> I, I, my heart pounds. I'm like, wait, I'm like thinking of what I'm going to say. And then I have no idea what anyone else is saying when you're supposed to be getting to know them. And, uh, and then it gets to me and I'm like, I, I, my name is I do comedy. <laughs> people are like, Oh, um,
0: seems like it's a great skill set for you.
1: <laughs> but then there, there are people who go on and on and on and on and on. And that's its own form of nerves, you know, cause it's yeah. just like, wow, yeah. dude, that's
0: stop. Stop. Um, my but, favorite is in those round circles where they're like, say something about yourself. And they're like, so I was born in and you're like too early. We started too, not not that far. What do we do? <laughs> no. <Nope. laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. So I, I don't know. I really I think I'm sure it's helped. I know that like an acting class, for instance, I feel like I had more confidence just from all the stand up I've done. Um, and I'm like, these aren't even my words. Like, this is easy, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But especially like performing in front of the class, which I, st- I mean, still like I was still nervous, but I was much less nervous than say my scene partner who didn't have the um, same experiences in front of a group that I had. So like I noticed a difference is all I'm saying. I was still nervous, but there was a difference.
0: I used to for years I used to tell people I wasn't good in social settings. I was awkward, you know, um I didn't know how to talk to people. And then I started to notice throughout time that that stopped being true because I got more confident on stage because I built a skill set that I was actually still believing that and then mm-hmm. also it wasn't true. So then when I started to notice that, that that I had shifted and I had grown, now I am I would say more confident depending on the social situation. So like a good example is if I'm going to meet a group of friends with you and they're your friends, and I don't know them because I'm friends with you, I, you know what I mean? I know you're not going to let me fall. Also, if you're friends with them and I'm friends with you, most likely we're all on the same page. You know what I mean? So there's things that I can like mentally gear myself up where I'm like, this isn't as scary as you're making it out to be because a, you're with your best friend and B, your friend likes them. Therefore there's gotta be some kind of similarity where I start to get nervous again, or start to worry is when I'm going in blind. Like, um, I went to a conference. It was like a tech conference. I went with, um, uh, with my friend, Chris, this was like two years ago before the pandemic. And it's like, I don't know what we're actually going to. I don't know what type of people we're meeting. I, you know what I mean? And so like, Chris as much being like hi I'm Chris and I'm just like whoa what are we doing here <laughs> <I was> like <laughs> oh my god like I don't know what are we gonna what? like I don't even know what we're at right now like so that's when I start to like freak out when we we're in DC and granted it was like your audience but when we were
1: in DC like the meet and greets were we were a world apart as far as I was always like mm, hi. I had nothing to sell I had nothing to say you know, and then you're like, "Hey, how are you? What's your name?" Blah blah. blah. Like, like you're really good at at actually talking to people.
0: And um, I just that's feel like, "So, huh? That's super safe for me. These people already like me. They just saw me be funny for an hour. I, we all had a shared experience at the very least, which was that show. So that's super safe. And in my mind, as somebody that was on the other side of it where you are, because I would open up for Hurry Kundabolu they just saw me do 20 minutes." they liked it. And, you know, if, if, if they're a hurry fan, I know that we have similarities and I would just, so in my mind, that's a safer experience for you because they saw you, they know a little bit about you. And if, if they like your comedy, they're more likely to like you as a person.
1: I get that. But I'm just saying, like, I didn't have, like, I don't have the social skills to make small talk. Um, while they were waiting to talk to you. I think maybe somewhere in the back of my head, not consciously, but I was like, I am, they're they're not here. They just want to talk to Liz. And I just happen to be standing here while they're waiting. And it's like, do I (laughs) talk to that? You know what I mean? Um, Yeah.
0: I lead with compliments mostly because that's how I was raised, but also I like compliments. So usually the first thing, it's like something I notice about them that I'd be like, oh, somebody brought their curls. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Because I'm like excited. I
1: would never ever occurred to me but you're good at like because you're an older sister you're good at like treating people like siblings i see it with That's everybody true. when we were in london we'd go into a shop this guy you you and you and you and our other friend were not in the store yet wouldn't fucking acknowledge me and i would i was like hey how are you he's like yeah I mean, whatever like he just blew me off and so i was like cool he's at work <laughs> we don't have to be friends and you come in and you're like, Hey buddy, you're all American. And I was like, he's going to fucking, he hates you. There's knives all over the store too. And I was like, Oh no. And you're like, what's up, buddy? How's it going? I love this stuff, man. This is great. Like he, and the, and he's just like, Oh, and then he like opens up to you and then you're talking and having a conversation. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I was nice. I
0: also did buy something.
1: I was, but, but, he didn't know I wasn't gonna buy anything and I wasn't, it was really expensive, but like he didn't know that. And I he I could he could have sold me something, but he didn't want to talk to me. And I, I thought I was being respectful by being like, all right, these dudes at work, he didn't want to talk to me, and I don't want to bother him. Yeah, and he was like I'm gonna bother him. And it worked. <laughs> and then you became best friends, and he I think he came to the show. You know what I mean? Like
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're married. That's what's craziest about the story is that we're 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 married now. Um I will say this though, I am aggressively myself and i don't know how to turn it off anymore because of comedy and two things happen people are almost shocked that like jesus like okay and it almost um takes down their 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 um it just like dissolves some of people's walls sometimes yeah um and then sometimes and i talk about it i talk about it as a life bomb it's too much and i watch people either get scared or get angry. And then that's the that's where the comedy happens, where I'm just like, yee, <laughs> <laughs> Like, like whatever the opposite of looking forward to seeing someone is. It's just genuinely, I'm just like, oh, I just ruined that person's day by being myself. Cool. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, but thank you, Phil. I I I do think regardless of doing comedy or not, it is a skill set and you can get stronger doing it, but it is. I do look at each social interaction as practice and when it does go well, I have to very much tell myself that went well and you can't keep saying these are all scary when you have so many experiences now where they did go well and they were fun and you made it fun. So I also try to almost update the filing cabinet of experiences. So I'm not always looking back to how I felt when I was 15 and being like, uh, talking to people scary. Cause that's just not true anymore.
1: Yeah. There are definitely things I need to update that I just keep keeping my brain. Like, um, that comedy is scary. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, when am I going to, when am I just going to be at peace with this career? Um, yeah, cool. <laughs> but, thanks. thanks so cool. Cool. All right.
0: Googles. Do you want to go first?
1: Yeah. I Googled. Why does like, wh- um, What was it? (laughs) Basically, like, why do my scars, why do my wounds heal dark?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I've been dealing with scars not healing the way I want them to. Okay,
1: why do my wounds leave a permanent dark scar? And there's a Grateful Dead song called Dark Star. And so the whole time I was reading this, I thought of that song. Um, So there are a few reasons why scar might turn dark. Uh it was, if it was exposed to sunlight during the healing process, there's a good chance the scar tissues will become pigmented. Dark scars can also be caused by inflammation, poor healing, or the genetics of your skin and how your skin heals. So I don't think my scars used to always heal dark, but like I, I had a random wound on my foot, like the top of my foot. I don't know where it came from, but it was a wound and then it healed, and now there's a dark spot there. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? And then I burnt my thumb and it healed. Like did that same thing. Did,
0: did you? Yeah. I burned it did on a curling did, did, okay. iron. Oh my god! Did you? Sorry, mine was mine was also hair related. Sweet. Um,
1: but like they did say that burns, uh, do generally heal darker, not because you burnt it, <laughs> but um, it's uh, it's they also said it would be like shinier, which mine was shiny. It had this like really ugly look for a while. Like it just looked like it was like I looked like I had I was diseased or something. I don't know. I didn't like it. It's but anyway. So sun exposure, genetics, and like fucking anything, hormones, stress, like everything causes your skin to fuck up.
0: So there's a couple of things. I had an older Google. I don't know if you remember that was like why are my why am I scarring more? Mm. Like it felt like I had less scars, and it really is like older skin scars more. So I do think just in general, your body starts healing shittier. <laughs> yeah, um, in general. But I will say this, you know, have you ever seen like scar cream? It's supposed to like make scars look less visible. Yeah. So I I used to put that stuff on me all the time when I was a teenager. And I've read now in a couple of different places that it really doesn't do anything. It does does do something, but it doesn't do much more than lotion. Because what it was saying was that these scar creams, they tell you to put it on there. Like I'm using my hand. You would put it on that scar three times a day, but they were like, if you just put lotion on there three times a day, it does almost the same amount. So there must be something toward something connected to moisture mm. and just supporting your skin that might just be helping in general. So yeah, you could get scar cream or you could just be constantly moisturizing like that, your hand in that area. And that might help. Also, um, we talked about it a little bit, cause I had a Google about Uh, falling, doing a box jump. And then my mom did that years ago. And she basically literally split her leg open. We called it a shark bite. You could see her bone. It was insane. Anyway, this scar, it was like crazy. It was like this big V and it, it looked like a shark bite and it was so prominent. And I, my mom went to show it to me literally when she was here last week, you barely can see it. I'm not saying it didn't take a while for it to to heal, but this was a very prominent scar my mom had forever. Mm. And now it's been, I mean, it's probably been over 10 years now, but I do think we notice it more because it just healed and you're like, what the fuck is this? But I do think over time they do start to fade a bit depending on how deep it is. So uh, to me, uh, um, a burn on your hand, from a curling iron, it will eventually fade. It just might take longer because we're older, if that makes sense.
1: Well yeah, I mean you're, because our skin, I think our skin regenerates less. Did regenerate?
0: Yeah. But that's why yeah. they tell you to
1: do like um you know you could do like microdermabrasion abrasion or chemical peels or whatever. Like it like it rips away the surface of the skin to reveal new skin and cause your skin to like cause like make make more cells. And then I love yeah. <laughs> I love my like reenaction of very scientific processes for face. But I'm like, then they zap it. You can zap it with a laser and just pow pow bow, 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 And it goes like, away.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then brighter, beautiful, more. You have a no, whole new face.
1: You emerge from the inches um, like a
0: phoenix. <laughs> beautiful newborn baby face. But all this is to say is I think it sucks right now, but I don't think it'll suck forever. Yeah, that's, that's okay. That's my I mean, non doctor opinion.
1: I appreciate that. But by the time I heals, I'll be like, oh, I'm old now, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you
0: know? Well, I have I have scabs on my shin from missing that box jump. And I'm like doing everything I can to like heal it because I don't want these matching scars on my shin. Like I was like I, I should google it but I was like putting a lotion on it because it was itchy but I didn't want to itch it because I didn't want to peel up the scar because or the scab because if you peel up the scab that's more like and so I'm just like trying to nurture these scabs as best I can and I don't know what I'm doing I'm raising scabs great just raising two scabs um uh my google's silly um especially because it doesn't even apply anymore because I already fell off it but I went I went. I went processed sugar-free a couple of weeks ago. Um, I knew I wasn't going to keep it leading up to my special taping because I was going to get stressed, but it was just funny how quickly it fell off. My friend was like, do you want bubble tea when I was in Cleveland? And I was like, absolutely I do. I've been waiting my whole life. (laughs) Yeah. Jesus. Uh, It was so good. And then I just, I needed snacks and I'll go back on it. But, um, what I noticed a couple of weeks ago is and again, I didn't go sugar-free. I just went process sugar-free. So I was still having honey. I was having coconut sugar um, fruit and it was actually really hard to go. Okay. So I Googled does going off processed sugar make you tired? Cause I was like for a week, just like, just beat up. And some of it was like jet lag, but even after jet lag was finished, I was still like, just really like lethargic. And, Everything I Googled was like, yes, going sugar-free. And I was like, I'm not sugar-free. I still have sugar. It's (laughs) processed sugar. So it took a lot of, much more investigating than I would have liked. But it says when you eat less sugar or remove it from out of your diet, um, we go through sugar withdrawal. And the symptoms can include depression, anxiety, brain fog, cravings alongside headaches, fatigue, and dizziness. So I think just in general, your body does get used to a certain amount of sugar. And when you take it, so it might not even be that it's not, it's not processed. It might be the fact that I'm just taking in significantly less sugar Mm. and my body is like, this was an energy source. What are you doing? Yeah. And it does equal out, but it took, it took about a week and a half for me to like not feel just like run down.
1: That's crazy. I don't know. It feels like whenever we try to do good things for ourselves, our bodies are like, "I have to adjust." Because <laughs> I don't know what you're minute. trying to do. And I'm like, no yoga. It's just yoga. And my body's like, I-, I need like five days. <laughs> I can't handle.
0: It. <laughs> I can't handle your uh, will to live and your excitement <laughs> yeah. for movement. It's, it's quite offensive.
1: The sudden need to be um, healthy is unfamiliar territory, and I just need. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we're not used to this. We're going to actually Google it ourselves. What is she doing? <laughs> 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 just like, uh. Can that
1: be the name um, of our Tudon doctor's book? What is she doing?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's just our body being like, "Ooh, your choices are not <laughs> what we want. Um, yeah. So I, again, I'm back on sugar. Trying to be responsible about it, but I'm gonna again and back on gluten. I fell off that as well. Oh, dude, I fell gluten get...
1: for a bit, and then I got so snotty that I was like, "I gotta." So I'm back on not gluten.
0: <laughs> but... Yeah, I'll join you. Give me like three days. I'll join you because yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I was really, part. I was really happy. I really was like proud of myself and happy, and I was getting in a groove. And then I. Uh, I also shit.
1: think these habits are really hard to like. You know, when people quit smoking, it takes them like seven attempts before that actually sticks. And I think like yeah. making major changes like this to your diet, you're going to start and stop sugar a few times before it actually sticks
0: the same when I quit. Alcohol. Also, I was going to say the same thing with, with, and I don't actually know if this is real science. So I would love for somebody to correct real me, science. but they science. So with real, so I always use this comparison with sugar, the same way you compared with, with, um cigarettes, they actually say every time you quit smoking, it actually helps your body. So even if you just quit smoking for a month and went back to it, you gave your body a break to start letting it heal. Mm. And they actually say that that it's not that bad, the act of starting and stopping and starting and stopping because each time you're giving your body some relief from this poison. So I was trying to think of it the same way with sugar so that even though I haven't been consistently off sugar, I have given myself a bunch of breaks. And hopefully that is giving my body sometime to heal i don't know if that's true but i'm yeah. comparing it in that sense
1: no i think that you're probably right i'm sure it has some goodness to it <laughs> keep <laughs> it up i think any break you can give your body it's great yeah okay
0: and uh let's problem get is personal is when you go
1: back and it's worse because you you went so oh far yeah the no that's that you go
0: mm-hmm. yeah that's also where you're that's- just a- I love our sound effects. Like, can we explain everything the sound effects? You go, whoop, whoo, <laughs> rah,
1: rah, 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 rah.
0: <laughs> Give me all that cake. Okay. All right, let's get personal. Yeah. Okay, what are you interested in that most people aren't?
1: Like, I read this question right before we started the podcast and I don't think, I feel like I'm such a basic bitch when it comes to my interests. I'm like, I love lattes and Charles
0: Bukowski. And like (laughs) I don't feel like. I actually don't think that's true. Really? No, because half the stuff you're reading, I think, I I mean, you were telling me about the stuff you were reading and I was very interested, but I was like, I wondered how many people would be as dorky interested in like a lot of like the history stuff you're learning. Okay.
1: So I'm interested in like, like I was reading a book about female performers in the
0: 1920s Cairo. So there's that. (laughs) <laughs> um and then you also what was that cuban book you were reading red heat yeah um, yeah about i just like-, like history i wouldn't say that i'm uniquely interested in 1920s egyptian performers and you know the cuban missile Not crisis yet. or whatever once i combine those two stories
1: cuban missile crisis and egyptian female performers of the 1920s it's going to be fucking amazing, dude. Like, I have no idea how I'm going to do it, but it's going to, it's going to yeah.
0: fucking, yeah, fucking yeah. mine. And I, isn't that, it's so funny. Isn't that what a pitch meeting is, is taking your interest and in trying to convince people to give you money so that other people can be interested in it?
1: hundred percent. I've already came up with my pitch for a musical I was thinking about. So yeah.
0: <laughs> the first thing I thought of with this question was just like being a business person in comedy. Like I get so dorky into like the business aspects of it. And I just watch comics eyes glaze over and they're, and they all say the same thing where they're just like, Oh, you're so lucky. You like this, like, or I'm not interested in this.
1: I fair enough. Like you do, you have to like it to some extent to like, but you did it because you like success more. I think like, I don't think you, you just, I wanted people to see my comedy. Like I didn't
0: like, it was a necessary and I've learned to, I've learned to, make it creative. Like I call it creative business. I believe me, I had to do a bunch of invoices to get my money for all the European stuff. And it was like, it took me three weeks to send an invoice, one invoice. Like, like I, I hate it. it. I There's nothing app. fun about making an invoice. You need to get an app. Oh, you should tell me what app. I fucking hate this stuff. Yeah. well, um, yeah, thank you. But like I have learned to make the business side of uh, presenting myself, pitching myself, uh, whatever. I've learned to make it fun and I've learned to get into it and I've read so many books about it. And I, I do feel lucky that I like it. And my dad has a great business sense and my dad does create a business, but I, I can see that when I talk about business to comics or other creative people, they're just like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to know this. I just I want know. it to happen.
1: I know, but you get so excited about it. You make me like excited about it. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to fuck with the algorithms. <laughs> I don't know what she just said, but I'm I'm on board because you're like so passionate yeah. about it. But um, I I I mean, I think that's that's great, and I do think you should be paid for all your knowledge. And I know you you um you just help people because you're kind, um, and that's good. But you're basically comedy's Gary V. <laughs> <laughs> And you should be paid accordingly. He makes a fuckload of money or at least he presents himself to.
0: But yeah. I hope he makes a fuck ton of money. I, I hope so too. Otherwise, what are we all working for? He at least for? has a staff. Yeah. What are we all shooting for if Gary Vee's broke? Yeah. Um. I also think half of, and clearly there are people interested in because they listen to our podcast, but just like how the body works. Like I can see mm. I got that from my parents. Like my dad was explaining something to me when I saw him and he was explaining how, like how things work. And keep in mind, my dad's like, because he went to school for, it, it's like getting like super sciency, but when he pulls away from it a little bit, I'm like, that's so cool. Like that's, I don't know. I just get like, even like learning about how like your body heals itself, like from like a cut and like the scars and how, how we look at scars and we're like, Oh, they're ugly. But really that's your, your body. You're like a lizard. Your body made new skin. Like that's crazy. Like <laughs> I just, cause like my favorite, I used to get uh, the New York times when I was, I should, I, I have the, online subscription. So I used to look at it, but Tuesday was my favorite day because New York times has the science times. And I love reading all like the, um, uh, just like the data and the new things they discovered and they found a new fish in the ocean. And like, I love, I don't know. I just love all the, like how things work, sciencey, silly stuff, even though clearly we're not good at it. No,
1: but we try, but, uh... <laughs> I like, I like interpersonal relationship stuff, but I think that's like the comedian in me. I like, I like anything about like how two people interact in like different points of view. And I love Larry David because of this, just taking a very small socially awkward thing and blowing it up and out of proportion. And I just, I love, I love French movies about dinner parties. I love watching people interact. (laughs) So specific. (laughs) only the French do this they'll have an entire movie based on a dinner party and I love them
0: (laughs) it's amazing yeah I talk about having no interest zero interest in that (laughs) zero cool oh I love that yeah you you um you know what I like and I don't I think it's because of where we are I love um office gossip I love other people's off. I don't need, I almost treat it the way people treat like, um, celebrity stuff. They're like, did you know that Kim Kardashian's doing da da da? I don't give a shit. But if a friend of mine is like, so like my running buddy, she's always sharing stuff with me. And I now know these, these people are now characters yeah. because I've never met them. I know all their names. She'll be like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And i will be like, oh my God. Yeah. What she did two years ago to you is fucked up. But like, I've never met these people. It's her office. And I love, I love. Uh, like, and this is like minutia, like, this is like, like they didn't submit an accounting form that they know they were supposed to submit. And I'm like, she knows that she does know that. Like yeah. I get so into other people's office gossip because we kind of have an office with comedy, but it's just not the same. And it's not, it's at like somebody stealing somebody's lunch or somebody fucking, I don't know, left a dump in a bathroom. I just I get so into it. Um, all right. Ready to get into the topic? Uh, yep. Yep. All right. Our topic, uh, this week is not having kids. And I feel like this is the first time we might be the most ready for a topic, right? Just two oh, people. I didn't have to research. Yeah. 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 I did. I did no research, dude. I read some, I read some articles that like even though like I read these articles or like, there were like reasons to not have kids. And this one, I was like, well, this bitch is crazy. (laughs) Like genuinely just like, cause I was like reading it and I was like writing it down. I was like, that's a good point. And I was like, Oh, this bitch is nuts. Like like what do you mean? So it starts out, let me see if I can find the article. Okay. So it's, it's called why choosing to be childless can be a smart move. This was March 9th, 2022. So this shit's recent. So at first you're just like, okay. So it's like, you know there's many reasons you might not want to have kids you know you could have health problems you could have body image concerns relationship mental health whatever career concerns financial concerns and you're like oh that's great but then like disadvantages of four disadvantages of having a child and then it's like things that make sense like childbirth is difficult which there's tons of things that can go wrong like that's where you get really mad about like anti abortion laws where you're like hey man this is like a major procedure like this isn't like like people used to die and people still do die having children so to just pretend like this isn't a big deal is crazy to me but she's making a point to be like there's so many things that could go wrong like in there's before and after like you know what I, although she some of it she's like loss of calcium causes women to women's teeth to fall out and i'm like that's That's not the number one. Like, that's not number one. I've never heard of that in my goddamn life. So
1: fucking far out there that it's like, are there no reasons to not have kids? (laughs) Like, why?
0: Also, like, there's tons. There's tons, both from vain to, like, real things that could go wrong during childbirth, after childbirth, whatever. Just not adding to the
1: population.
0: Yeah. yeah, But I have, I have never heard you could lose your teeth. I was like, what? (laughs) Um, so that's, that's like one of the first crazy things where I'm like, that's, did she make that up?
1: Oh my God.
0: Um, and then she goes, disabilities are a risk. And you're like, yeah, of course. And then she's talking about taking care of, you know, the price of taking care of a child that might need surgeries or disabilities. You're like, yep, that's a valid point. But like the way substance and then she goes into substance abuse is an issue. that's So she's already like this kid's 15 and he's doing heroin like she is like I just find her to be kind of crazy where you're just like your kids someday could have uh, issues with drugs. And you're like, what? And then I, I just and then she was just like, you know, you can't control your children. And so I was like, yeah, I mean, duh. I don't I can't even I'm sorry. It was just like. She, yeah like she, she sounded she sounds her, her perspective is kind of crazy like yeah. I'm not saying she doesn't make some valid points but I was just like she's just like if you have a kid they're gonna do drugs and they're not gonna listen to you and they're probably gonna be uh pieces of shit and you're like do you, does your mom not like you like I think <laughs> I think your mom doesn't like you so it was just so funny where like I was trying to find these articles but they were all mostly opinions of course that's what we're doing and they were just kind of like we but um the
1: facebook groups about like like child free by choice there's a lot of good like there's a lot of normal people (laughs) there's just a lot of people who are like straight up angry that they even have to defend their position to not have kids which i understand
0: or the ones that are just like they cry on planes and you're like hey man it's a baby like that's the thing is that like i i as somebody that really doesn't want to have them has no interest. Like, that's what I loved about your joke on your album where you're like, you're like someone hands me a baby and you're like, I feel nothing. Like I've ne- like, I relate to that so much. And, and don't get me wrong. I hold my friends, kids. I've hold, I've held kids my entire life. I know how to take care of a kid. They're wonderful, but I don't, there's nothing telling me that I want one as opposed to when I see a cat a mile away I'm chasing people. I'm chasing people that have a cat in a carrier. I'm I'm asking. I'm like, where'd you get your cat? Do you still want to keep your cat? Like, I'm trying to steal cats from strangers, and babies. I'm just like, is am I done? Yeah, am I done? yeah. I'm <laughs> done holding this.
1: You're not running up to kids trying to talk to them. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, showing because so I have girlfriends that are like getting to the place where they're like scared. They might not have kids. Like they're not in the relationship. They're debating if they should freeze their eggs. Like they're in this mental place of this is, this was a goal. This is some, this is a dream and it might not be happening. And I have to safeguard the few eggs that I have left. i like every period that goes by is bye, a bitch. blessing. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, bye eggs.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Didn't want you
1: anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I never understood that drive, I guess. Like, I just never had it. I Like, I had a friend uh, who just, like, that was her whole thing. She just wanted to be a mom, which is fine. Like, I'm l- lucky you fucking knew that. I, I just didn't – I had another friend who had two kids, but she, at the time, wasn't really ready and didn't really necessarily want kids. But, like, she loves them now, and she's – now, after a few years. <laughs> no, but, like, she – I mean – she, the decision was made for her and she was happy that it was and like, she's happy as a mother. And I used to say, like, if I didn't accidentally get pregnant and, you know, have a child, I wouldn't be like, I'm glad I did that. Cause I wouldn't have done it. And I didn't know I could feel love like this. And, um, I, I gotta say, I don't, I don't want to feel love like that. <laughs> like I don't want yeah. to feel so much love. It actually Hurts me inside, and I don't know what to do with it. And I don't know what I would ever do if anything happened to the object that I love so much. I don't want that. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. Of, it's a lot of love, and I'm fine with this amount of love. Like I was talking to Johnny this morning about skydiving, and I was like, "I what? What is there after that? Like, what do you do with your life? Like, you've now." Yeah, and he was like, well, there's like different levels of skydiving. I'm like, yeah, but that's the only thing you can do. Like you're now an adrenaline junkie and all you can do is like, f- like fall out of an airplane with a squirrel costume on to get your kicks. And like, that's yeah, that's where do you go from there. But like, um, I don't want to know that amount of bliss <laughs> because I don't want to then have to top it. I don't know. But I, I also don't want to know that amount of bliss for kids because if, if you know, like it also would come with that much pain if God forbid anything were to Happen. Well, that's a, like and that. that's
0: what they, that's what was interesting as they say is that actually it's people that have kids have higher highs, but they also have lower lows. Yeah. And you're just like, ooh. Cause I, I mean, sounds unsteady. <laughs> I, you know, God forbid anybody has lost their child. I, I mean, I don't even, I have had friends that had miscarriages that were devastated. So I, you know, I can't even imagine what it would feel like to, to lose a child at any age, whether it's a young child to, you know, they say the worst thing you can ever do is bury your kid. So I understand what you're saying, where you're just like, that's an amount of love that can be taken, but not only do you achieve, but now you have to worry about that. And then you, and then if God forbid anything, I, I worry when someone stays at my place, and I give them my keys and then I have to be like, did you get in okay, are you okay, are you dead on the streets? Like, you know. and this is a full grown adult.
1: Yeah, oh, I know, I've been that adult.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, are you okay? Where you're, you're like, I was like, is, did you figure out the shower? And you're like, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna I'm be fine. I'm burning to death under the hot water. How can you do like,
1: this yeah, to me?
0: Yeah, I'm like giving a shot. I was like, I was like, okay, so it's a, but a little, little bit of hot, then a little bit, you're like, yes, I know how showers work. Um, <laughs> Insane, but it's interesting to me. I think we have almost different perspectives where like, because I raised my little brothers, because I had so much responsibility at a young age, I feel, even though it's been what I left home at 18, like, even though it's been almost 20 years of not taking care of kids, not having to do laundry, not having, not having to drive them to soccer practice, even though I've not been like a sister mom in 20 years. I still feel so resentful towards that kind of responsibility mm-hmm. where like the idea of having a kid tomorrow, I'd be like, I already did this. Like I've already done that. I've already held baby. like, bes- I didn't breastfeed. I didn't give birth and you know, um, I didn't pay for anything, but outside of that, I feel like I have t- one's in law school. I think I did a good job. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like these are my children, like, and they're my brothers and whatever, but I did so much and I was so tired and I felt so, uh, heavy with responsibility that probably I shouldn't have had as a kid that there is residual resentment, not resentment. Cause I'm not resentful, but like my, my whole body is like, I don't want to do that again. And I have my freedom. Like I like my life. I have my freedom. I check with, I can even see how that pushes, how I feel about anybody that tries to, um, put my, put walls on my life, whether that's a boss, whether that's a relationship, you know, I, I clearly like taking care of things because I feel less alive, not having a cat right now. Like I literally was like getting dressed the other day and I was just like, my clothes are on the floor and they're exactly where I left them. Like there should be like a cat sleeping in it or like a cat pulling it. Like pasta used to steal my socks. Like I, I know where all my socks are. That's so upsetting. Like, so like I can tell, I like being a caregiver as somebody that's a caregiver to my friends, as somebody that's a caregiver to animals. Like I like taking care of people, but there's something about the forever responsibility of a kid that I, I absolutely am. Like, I know for a fact, I don't, want that, even if I was good at it. And that's how people try to convince you. Oh, you'd be such a great mother. Yeah. I'd also be good at business. Like I'd also be good at selling real estate, but I don't want to sell real estate.
1: Nobody's ever said that to me. You'd be such a good mom. (laughs) (laughs) I think I would be actually, um, as long as my baby was a girl. Do you think so? Do you think
0: you would have trouble raising a boy? No, not at all. I think I'd be a good mom. I think, uh, yeah i think oh my I, God, they would be such good cooks i first of I, all your kids would eat amazing and then your kids would be the the kid where they're like oh yeah johnny came over and he cooked everybody an omelet sorry i used johnny as your boyfriend billy came over and he cooked everybody an omelet like that's okay i have a friend like-
1: who's used the like johnny and and like two of her scripts for like teenage adolescent boys i'm like what do you <laughs> like Stop you can't it. say anything because it's not necessarily johnny but like why why that name can't you just pick another yeah, name <laughs> Anyway, but like um the financial thing's another thing it's like i i'm even if i were married right now like i don't have money for me like i don't i just don't know how i would even pay for for kids
0: and that's what's interesting is that like the government is pushing children on you society is pushing children on you and nobody's done anything to make it affordable like nobody talks about to have a kid even with health insurance it's a crap ton of money then the most, so, um, the most expensive thing is children and, and the most money you spend is children and all, I think, did you read that Gabriel Monte book where like, like, um, companies know you're pregnant before you do, like they see your shopping and stuff like that. So, oh, yeah
1: be, and then because like, they can make, tr- like her dad found out she was yeah. pregnant because they sent her coupons.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and it's because they already saw, they saw, they saw the writing in her searches or whatever. And like targets already sending you coupons for like diapers. So the truth of the matter is, is this, that group of people is the highest spending, you know, early, uh, early childhood, like being both pregnant to early childhood is the most amount of spending somebody does. So it's like literally capitalism. Like there's so much money going into the system, just having a child, but then you have school, then you have, you know, um, 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 you know, doctors, like everything about a kid is, is just so much money and there's nothing wrong with that, but nothing about America specifically is setting you up to be able to handle that. So, So, like, there was a great example with um, what's going on with abortion rights right now, where it's like America's like, you have to have kids, and um, uh, uh, what do you call it? Scandinavia is like, oh, we're doing the opposite, which is, oh, we're going to make it so easy for you to have kids. We're going to give you this much maternity leave. We're going to make sure that you know any need that your kid needs is paid for. We're going to give you all these benefits so that this thing that you're doing is as easy as possible. And America's like, no, you just do it. Like, America's like child having kids is a prison that you have to be a part of and other countries are like well let's make this a joyous experience of life and bonding and that's where it starts to be even more resentful as a woman here where it's just like not only are you trying to make me do something I don't want to do but you're going to make it the hardest thing that's ever happened to me
1: yeah 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 as Scandinavia like they do everything so perfectly that like they're almost like just like the neighbor that's so perfect and you're like go fuck yourself <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, it must be nice. Oh, you get you get six years off after you have a kid. Must be nice. Um, so some of the benefits that were written on the internet, uh, you leave a smaller carbon footprint. That's That's why I do it.
1: Honestly, it's all for the yeah. Honestly,
0: Mm -hmm. I just care about the birds and stuff. (laughs) Um, less stressed, which goes back to the um, parents have higher highs but they have lower lows. Uh, More disposable income, which we talked about. Um. This was, the, I didn't like the disadvantages that I found. Uh, lack of companionship, being alone, loneliness. I don't know if you should be using your kids as companions. That's
1: actually another thing I wanted to talk about is like, people always like, but who's going to take care of you when you're older? And it's like, not, I'm not going to bank on someone who might hate me by the time they become a teenager and run off. And I never see them again. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. Before
0: they're born, they have a job. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, dude. I think that's such a shitty, first of all, like I, I my dad, Um, basically has saved up for elder care because he wants to control how he's taken care of, which is valid. Uh, And he had five kids. Um, And it just kind of made me be like, all right, then that's something I will save up for. Like, I think it's so, don't get me wrong. I understand you cared for for your kids and you hope they'll care for you back. I think that is uh, respectful and the right thing to do, but also it's not always your needs might be too hard for an individual as well as if I can't just quit my job and stop being a person depending on what your needs are. So it's like, I hope I'm able to take care of my parents, but also I know with my lifestyle now, I'm not going to be that reliable. So well, that's what why
1: is they the... four other siblings? <laughs> so yeah, four other kids. but I also they don't really want to decrease be... their chances of someone being able to take care of them.
0: Yeah. But they also had five kids. They had a business and they wanted somebody to become a veterinarian and nobody did. So, you know, you can't like you, you can't control what's going to happen, but I completely agree that this, like, you know um, they say lack of support or care when you're older and you're just like, we have to stop having this rigid idea that kids are just there to take care of you. And it's, I just think it's bullshit. Yeah, I don't know. The and then also back to being a tribe
1: a- mentality where it's just a bunch of families hanging out together forever. And so, you know, the younger people take care of the elder community, but it's not just one family
0: or one child. I agree. And I, I think there's something beautiful about like, you know, people taking care of their neighbors and people checking it like like this being this, like you said, like this community where everybody's helping out and it's not just falls on one kid who has to now take care of their parents. And that's the whole reason they had them is that I don't know. I just think it's bullshit. But I, again, being back to being alone or loneliness, I never think it's a good idea to have a kid just because you're lonely. Again, that's so much pressure on a kid. Like, what are you doing? Get a dog.
1: A hundred percent. Put that on a
0: dog. (laughs) You (laughs) You put that pressure on an animal. Like I do, um, (laughs) because then they can't go to therapy. What
1: do you think, um, you know, I I feel like you and I have maybe one other friend who are on the not having kids path. And I, I worry because like, you know, I've had really, really close friends have babies and I've like lost them. I never want to speak to them again. And no, um, (laughs) it's a joke, but like that, that there are that, you know, they end up do befriending other mothers because they understand what they're going through. And like, you know, you just, you don't lose them with a friend. They're always in your life. Um, But there is a sort of like, Like life event that's now happened that you're not there for, and so it it almost feels like you've been left behind or something. But it's just like how do you reconcile that? Like how do you how do you deal with like the friends that are moving on, quote unquote, with their lives? And it's just like now all the pressure is on you, Liz. If you decide like you you meet a great guy and you two want to have kids, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be like I don't I
0: don't know what to do with that. I don't know. I'm gonna be on my own. Well, so two things. So I had one of my best friends had a kid pretty early. I think she was like 23, 24. So her kids are like, you know, um, eight, 12, something like that. Now I don't feel like our relationship changed that much. I mean, sometimes being on the phone, there's like yelling or whatever and like, whatever, but like, I actually think it depends on the person. So if somebody completely goes, this is my identity, I'm a mom now. Yeah. You're going to lose them because now you're not And and also what your identity is. So if you're a partier and that was your party friend and then they become a mom and they're like, now I'm a mom now. Yeah. Their identity is completely shifted that like, what do you have to talk about? But like, I feel like my friend Danny, I don't, while she loves being a mom, she loves her kids. I don't feel like her identity is, I'm a mom. I feel like her identity is just as, I feel it's like another thing she's added no, to all like, the things missing that make her sort of, who I she I don't
1: know, is. then maybe I'm not explaining, I just feel like there's a sort of something more subtle than that. It's not like people are like, okay, well, we're not friends anymore because you don't understand anything I'm going through. It's like, they're still there, but it's, the dynamic definitely changes. Your friendship changes, um, you know, because you just don't know what they're going through and what they're dealing with and, and,
0: Their everyday life, but there's but there's things in my life that you've never experienced, and you've still been able to be there for me. I mean, I think I believe me, somebody my sisters had kids. I just had two girlfriends, literally, like my friends from high school just had both had a kid two months apart. And I'm not even joking, I was like, I'm gonna get a kitten so we can raise our kids together. Then my kitten died, and now even more so we're in a group chat that I have nothing to contribute. I at least made fun jokes when I had my kitten. I was like, tell me about it. Tots keeps me up all night. Like, this is crazy. Yeah. I literally have nothing to contribute to this group chat. That being said, while their lives are completely changed in a way that like even this moment where they have young kids and they're exhausted and, and, you know, they're not even working. They're literally just raising these kids. I think, don't get me wrong. There's going to be people you lose because there's nothing you can connect with. But I also think it's part of your job to work through that connection. Do you yeah, know what I'm saying? Like, I do know what you're saying. You I also, also have to like change. That's
1: a bit of an ex- an extreme. Like, I'm not. I guess I'm not worried about losing them completely as a friend. I'm probably like not like explaining myself very well. I just, I just, it feels, it just feels different. I'm like it's not like I'm still out there partying and being like a college student refusing to grow up. You know, and, and like the friends who have older kids, like they are, I don't know, the dynamic doesn't seem about the kids as much, but like new moms are like, I mean, understandably, their lives are very much about the kids. And, and there are plenty of phone calls that I'll have with friends that are new moms that are like, it's interrupted because they're tending to the kid and, you know, and they're going to bed at nine. And like, you know, I don't know, it's, it's just different. It's just different.
0: I think it's just a shift. And I think for me, I consider it the same way that if somebody got a job that was more taxing, you know what I mean? Like, as, and I guess because my life is so different from everybody else's lives, I've already had this problem with people that have nine to fives, because as soon as they come home and they want to talk, I'm like, I, I have a friend that every day she'll try to call me around six and I'm like, I'm out the door. Like I just showered, I'm running to a show. This is not my most opportune time. Um so you know, I'm traveling on the weekends, I'm working at night, and so because my life has already looked so different than other people, them having a kid doesn't really shift that dynamic even too much more because so I guess for me, I just see it as having a kid is just having another job I don't relate to. but I'm always asking my friends about work even if I don't understand what they do. So it's just And and, and I guess my perspective is different from yours because I did take care of my siblings and I do have maybe not the full experience, but I have some understanding and what have you. But I don't know. I, I have a lot of friends that are like, once somebody has a kid, they're like, oh my God, that friendship is over. And I just don't, I don't know. I don't feel that way. Maybe because even though I don't want to have kids, I love being around kids. Like I was even telling a story um, to my dad Um, and Danny knows the story. So when I was staying with my friend, Danny, who has like the eight and 12 year old, um, she, uh, she went to work and I was hanging out with her kids and her son will had to do like these math games. And he would ask me, he'd be like, Oh, how do you do this? And I'd be like, I think it's like this, but I don't know. So we would do it. And then, you know, immediately if you got it right or not. So then it would be like, You got it. Correct. We're high-fiving. We're freaking like he thinks I'm just being fun. I'm like, we got it right. Like this is, (laughs) I'm so bad at math. Like I should not be helping this kid with his math homework, but like finding the joy, like we, I bought her this game for her birthday and we were playing this game while she was at work. Like, I don't know, I guess for me, I'm, I'm, I know how to shift or I, I don't mind the shift. Don't get me wrong. It sucks sometimes, especially talking to my older sister, where like it, there's just screaming in the background and I haven't been able to even think clearly myself to ask her how she's doing, but I don't know. I. There's
1: a really funny scene in the city when um, they were going to brunch and then Miranda shows up with her baby and Samantha's like, no, and just opens a taxi cab and pushes Miranda <laughs>
0: <laughs> I I can get resentful when all of a sudden the person that you were friends with is gone, you know what I mean, and yeah. their complete identity has become another person. It's like, yeah, well, that's that happens with anything where somebody gets into drugs or somebody gets into some weird friend group I that feel you're like, like I would
1: I would be that friend because like I know when I when I'm in Edinburgh when I'm doing the month long run in Edinburgh, I am not a friend to anybody. <laughs> I don't have the headspace. Yeah. For anyone, and so I, I'm sure if I was a new mom, I would be shutting people out left and right,
0: which is also valid. Like I've I've done the same thing where I know I'm touring, and I'll literally tell my friends I'd be like, I'm not going to be human for three weeks, so I'll do the best I can. But the the accessible Liz, you know, is gone, and I think that's valid. Um, But I I don't know. We should probably wrap up. But I um Hug. I would love to hear from people that have had kids and why maybe what things they thought before they had kids that changed after they had them. I would also like to hear from people that don't have kids and the benefits they didn't even realize that they had. I don't think either of us are going to change. I really don't. I'm happy to eat my words, but I don't really see myself changing in that place. But I love being an aunt. I love being a caretaker. I I have a new joke about my niece where I'm like, my whole goal is for this kid to like me more than my sister. I will buy her candy. I'll buy her drugs. Like I want to be the favorite. So, so it's funny. like, I, like
1: we're just so different. Like we're both non-moms, but you're like the like substitute mom. And I'm like, I just don't want to talk to kids.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm I've fully embraced fun. aunt, And I want to be that to my friends that have kids to my sister that had kids Like my favorite joke when my friends have kids, they're babies. Like they barely can lift their head up. And I'm like, Aunt Liz, say it with me now. Aunt, like I'm already trying to be annoying. So I I like, I like being an aunt. I like being, I want that part of my life to be full. So I can see how we're coming from different sides where like, I still want to be around kids, but in this different aspect, even though I have no desire to make them on my own, I want to have a an animal family with a boy you can have a comedy
1: family <laughs> just a bunch of comedians i, I love that all right um, but you can
0: write to us where can they write to us maria
1: at two non doctors at gmail.com that's the number 2 full word doctors at gmail.com and we'll see you next week thanks guys
0: bye, bye. maybe we need to work on how we feel about ourselves because of Kate Moss.